It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, welcome back. This is Lee Lonsberry. The, the name of the program is Live Mike. This is episode three. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how this is all going. Uh, the, the number to text in is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. It's 57500. If I sound a little bit distracted, it's because uh, I am in the presence of a, of a great hero of mine. Uh, KSL Morning Radio's Grant Nielsen. You remember him from way back in the day. He uh, I remember, has just. I remember him. <laughs> when I first started here with Doug Wright, uh, it was Grant uh, who was uh, beside uh, Amanda each morning giving the news. Uh, he's filling in uh, for Jeff Kaplan today. And uh, uh, once I get off air, I look forward to catching up with you, Grant. There, there, I think there's a man hug in our future. Maybe. Man, we can, the, folks can't see it, but let's man hug right now. Okay, right now. There it is. Oh, uh, hey, baby. you hear that? That's the sound of All a man right. hug. All right. Well, I'm grateful. Looking forward to listening That's to you. That's professional radio right there. That's professional. This is called vamping. What I'm doing right now is trying to buy time for our next segment. Uh, uh, former Utah Attorney General Mark Shirtliff uh, will be joining us here momentarily. He's parking his car. He'll be walking in here shortly. Uh, the, the reason is because he, uh, for the past while, has been involved in a lawsuit. Uh, you, you know his story. He uh, served as Utah's attorney general and then uh, after a while was accused of some wrongdoing. And uh, while those accusations were, were being in investigated, uh, he alleges, the Mr. Shirtliff, that uh, he his civil rights were violated. And some time ago, he uh, introduced a lawsuit uh, uh, and he for a while had introduced uh, along with representation some evidences and some arguments uh, as to why he and uh, and his family uh, had been injured uh, by District Attorney Sim Gill. Well, uh, we have learned today that that lawsuit has been thrown out. Uh, Mr. Shirtliff was after uh, some $80 million and uh, that Law, he will not receive those $80 million. I will, in fairness, let you know that we've reached out to Sim Gill uh, to speak to us uh, later on. I uh, haven't yet heard back from him. If he's available, uh, I'm sure he'll be able to, to join us and hear things from his side. Uh, but uh, but this story has played out for a long, long time. Uh, I, for the past five years, have been working in Washington, and I can remember even before I left, the first time I was working here at KSL uh, with Doug Wright, when, when this story all began. And it was uh, if I'm honest, an unfortunate time for Utah uh, because it was <clears throat> uh, Mr. Shirtliff and uh, his successor, John Swallow, uh, that both had to, to, to leave office. And they each uh, faced over the next while a good long uh, bit uh, of legal lawsuits. And uh, there were challenges to those lawsuits all filed. And, uh, and we're finding out today, I believe this is the last pending. Mr. Shirtliff will set the record straight when he comes in here. I believe this is the last uh, pending lawsuit on on this matter. Uh, but it was uh, this, uh, that Mr. Shirtliff had alleged that uh, his civil rights had been violated. Violated, uh, and that he was seeking uh, damages uh, in the tune of uh, eighty million dollars. Unfortunately, uh, for him at least, uh, that that uh, 
that will not be the case. Uh, we're going to hang tight for a little bit. As soon as uh, Mr. Shirtliff joins us here, we're going to get back to this topic, though. I want to uh, talk to you uh, briefly, though, about a few of the other things we've been following today. One of the uh, unfortunate issues for the American Samoan community here in the United States. I have to uh, introduce that caveat that uh, it's here in the United States uh, that uh, American Samoans uh, were pushing for citizenship. And uh, yesterday, Clark Wadups handed down a decision uh, that said that uh, American Samoans get their citizenship. Uh, we learned uh, that it was the case of one gentleman. Uh, as soon as that lawsuit or as soon as that ruling was handed down, he ran out, registered to vote. Uh, and that is obviously, you know, you need to be uh, a citizen to to register to vote. And with citizenship, uh, this uh, man from American Samoa uh, was able to register. Though while we were in the midst uh, of talking uh, with uh, with the attorney uh, of this young man from American Samoa, I was handed uh, a stay. Uh, and coincidentally, it was uh, from the same judge that handed down uh, the ruling today in the case of uh, uh, former Attorney General Mark Shirtliff uh, and Sim Gill dismissing uh, Mr. Shirtliff's civil rights lawsuit. He joins us in studio now. Uh, sir, I'm, I'm glad that you're here with us. Uh, unfortunately for you, sir, not under the greatest of terms. Uh, t- tell us what uh, what you have learned today and uh, and how you respond to that. Uh, first of all, I, I've done a lot of dealings with American Samoa and their attorney general, and that was the right decision. He got it wrong in my case, flat out, and uh, it's very disappointing because it kind of sends a message that uh, law enforcement can do anything they want to you. They get a search give warrant. Us, give, give, give us the background a little bit for, yeah. from, from your perspective. Uh, w- what happened? What was the lawsuit you introduced? And uh, and what has happened but today? I think people are aware of the, of the false charges that ultimately when the prosecutor, Troy Rollins, uh, realized that the, the charges were false, he dismissed them. That's good news. You were accused of something. Uh, there yes. was an investigation that ensued. The result of, of that of those initial charges, was they, they were dismissed. Uh, yes. They were thrown out. But it Absolutely. was in the during the course of that investigation, some things happened to you and your family you alleged to be violations of your civil rights. Absolutely. So uh, it's, it's well known across this country, many federal judges have said this, that, that malicious prosecution, uh, prosecution uh, misconduct is a major problem in this country because no one ever holds prosecutors or law enforcement accountable for their actions. That's what we were trying to do in this case. This wasn't about the money. It was about holding someone accountable because if they would do that to me, if they would lie, misrepresent on a search warrant affidavit, which we pointed out in a 30-page memorandum, point by point, item by item, where they lied, and we had the evidence of it, and but they obtained the search warrant. And in executing that search warrant on my home, knowing I was not there, and only my minor children were there, to come in in a, in a case like mine that merited an, an 8 out of 40 on any uh, use of force Searching, search and seizure document. I, I used to teach search and seizure. And use well, what's this 8 out of 40? Help us. So that you have to do a matrix. Anytime you're going to enter someone's house to execute a search warrant or an arrest warrant, you fill out a matrix. It talks about the type of crime. It talks about what we know about this person. And then you determine how you go in. Anywhere from plain clothes, no guns, here's a search warrant, to full body armor, SWAT team. Uh, and if you're up in the 30 to 40 range, that's when you go in. You're talking drugs. You're talking trying to get rid of the evidence quickly. You're talking they have weapons. Uh, you're talking major criminals. And they go in like they did in my house. In my case, they wouldn't give it to me during my case. But through a grandma request later, I was able to obtain the matrix. And it was an eight. They're, they should have come to my door in plain clothes, knocked on the door and my kids. Instead, they came in full body armor, long arm, long guns. Uh, screaming at my 16-year-old daughter, marching her down the hall, threatening her, threatening to kill my dog. Completely excessive use of force. So that was her claim. My claim was the whole thing from the beginning was a violation of my civil rights and that of my family 
because the search warrant they obtained was based on false information. However, the law gives this qualified immunity, this presumption that if you serve, if you get a search warrant, everything you do after that is okay. That's the, the state of the law today. And if they'll do that to me as the, as the a former attorney general, they'll do it. To, they do it all the time. They'll do it to anybody. In my case, I was able to find a great law firm and they were willing to, to, to stick their necks out to the tune of a million dollars that I couldn't pay him. Uh, because they believed it was wrong. Most people in my situation have that happen to them. They can't do anything about it. So my purpose in doing this was to, to, to set, uh, set uh, and establish that you can't do these things to people to violate their constitutional rights, to invade their home and their privacy, to arrest and embarrass and make you lose your job and cost you a million dollars in fees and to maliciously prosecute you. And that's what Judge Waddups just allowed them to do. So you and I have known each other for a, a long time. Uh, I, I want to uh, talk to you a, a little bit longer, if you don't mind hanging on uh, through this uh, commercial break. We're going to have a, a newscast here. Uh, we're, we're speaking with former Utah Attorney General Mark Shirtliff, uh, who some time ago uh, filed a lawsuit uh, alleging that his civil rights were violated. And it is just today that we have learned that Judge Clark Waddups has dismissed that lawsuit. We're getting his reaction. In fairness, I'll tell you that we have reached out to, to Sim Gill, the defendant, and uh, we have not yet heard back from him. We are hopeful that we will. Uh, right now, you're listening to Live Mike. Uh, my name is Lee Lonsberry. This is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.